Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, some news from overseas. Uh, This is pretty wild. A 34-year-old politician just became France's youngest prime minister in modern history. 34. He's the first world leader to celebrate his election with a TikTok dance. We wanted to get the perspective of another 34-year-old, and we actually have one on staff. Uh, Well, if he's anything like me, he's got four roommates. Uh, Three of them are DJs. Um, He's figuring out his life right now. And he might start a podcast where he and his funniest friends riff on bad movies. You think that's what the 34-year-old prime minister of France is going to do? If he's got the drive. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got Prince Alice, everybody. That kid's got drive. Got the drive. That's a pretty funny bit. I like that. But think about that. Now, it's a prime minister. It's a different system of government. But, I mean, you, you remember that old uh, thing about how uh, how young a woman a guy can marry and it's still, like, not completely scandalous and, and somewhat uh, gross? It, what are they? It's uh, half your age plus seven years. So if you're 50, just to cite round numbers, half your age is 25 plus seven years is 32. So a 50-year-old guy can marry a 32-year-old woman and get away with it. Katie, your thoughts? Well, no, I'm just saying, as a 34-year-old, I should not be running anything. <laughs> Thinking about that. Oh, just, oh, I see. Yeah. You know, yeah. just on the on the age range uh, relatable thing. And yeah, I think that, that that rule adds up. So if I was 56, that would be 28 plus 7. So yeah, I could I could marry you as a 56-year-old. Right. It's pushing it a little bit though, isn't it? Mm, yeah, we're walking a very thin line there. Anyway, so I'm I'm spending more time on this tangent than is necessary, but uh so our I was reminded of that thinking of let's see, if you cut our president's age in half plus 7 years, that, oh, 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 this guy's way too young to be our president's lover. <laughs> oh, my God. We've got a bunch of 80-year-olds running the joint and, and 
Trump's damn near as old running, and, and uh, wow, well, they got a 34-year-old prime minister. Of course, they're France. So, you know, France. Anyway, uh, so to continue on what we were discussing at the end of last hour, uh, if you're just tuning in, there, I unleashed a bit of a screed about how how progressives often are utterly unmoored from reality. They live in a fantasy land. They believe that, as Thomas Sowell pointed out in his brilliant book, A Conflict of Visions, trust me, read the introduction in the first couple of chapters. That's plenty. Anyway, uh, that, that uh, progressives believe that mankind is reformable. If you just preach at them long enough, they'll come around and we'll have a, a, a utopia. Conservatives believe in what's called the constrained vision of mankind. Human nature doesn't change. You have to have incentives and disincentives. Yeah, people can develop in terms of science and, and, and knowledge and learning, that sort of thing. But you will always have thieves. You will always have uh, losers and scumbags and cheaters. And politicians will always seek more power and seek to enrich themselves through it. That has always been true. If James Madison and I had a conversation about the dangers of too much power in a particular person or part of the government, we could absolutely have that conversation. Once, you know, he got over the fact that we had flush toilets and, and whatever else. Um, but we could absolutely communicate about that pretty effectively because it hasn't changed. But cr progressives believe human beings will become perfect at some point. I think they're insane. Um uh, so that screed led up to a discussion of the fact that there was more than a hundred billion dollars in merchandise return fraud in the U.S. last year. More than a hundred billion dollars. Now, how many people participated in that? Is it a relatively small group of evildoers, or is it really millions of people? And this is the correct answer: millions of people. Who figure, yeah, everybody's doing it. I'm going to see if I can do it. Which is why you have to have incentives and disincentives. Some of the uh, particulars of this are at least uh, somewhat interesting. Um, uh, let's see. The Wall Street Journal, predictably, is big on this story. Uh, it's up sharply, the, these numbers, since 2020. Some companies processing return televisions for retailers have gotten a surprise when opening the boxes. Packaging is filled with bricks rather than newly purchased TVs. Others examining return purchases of purported luxury goods are instead finding counterfeits sent in by customers looking for refunds on full-price deluxe merchandise. Ah, so you buy the Prada bag, you keep it, and you return some sort of Chinese-made Faco Prada bag. I get it. Okay. The tactics are part of what logistics experts say is a growing problem for retailers as the overall rate of returns surges. More of those goods are coming back fraudulent returns, including merchandise that's been outright stolen or sent back using fake receipts. Yeah, you buy the $75 what's-its, uh, or uh, yeah, indeed, um, but then you manufacture a receipt for the $175 model of it, and you return it with the receipt saying, can I have my $175 back? National Retail Federation estimates more than $100 billion in merchandise was returned fraudulently last year alone. That amounted to almost 14% of the overall goods uh, retailers received last year. So 14% of all returns are fraudulent. That's a striking number. It's more than twice the level of bogus returns in 2020. That's interesting. Now, their methodology changed a little bit, too, which affects the number, but the, the, the point remains unaffected. Um, it's a hell of a lot. 
Shoppers this year expected to return about 15% of merchandise purchased during the holiday season, valued at $148 billion, according to the National Retail Federation. Yeah, that's right. Retailers anticipate nearly 17% of those returns will be fraudulent. I'm just struck by the surge in lawlessness in general. Surely this is tied to the explosion in retail theft. You know, just your shoplifting that you've seen in all the blue states where everything's locked up. Lockers behind lock and key to buy a damn roll of paper towel. You got to go find somebody to unlock it for them. And they roll their eyes and say, "Ah, all right. And you think, you know, I got five other things on my list. I'm not going to bother. I don't need your attitude. I don't need to spend 20 minutes doing something I could do in three if all this stuff was unlocked. And then you've got what we've talked about before, and that's the kind of generalized feeling that the system is breaking down. There's lawlessness everywhere, and it makes me really uncomfortable because you, me, anybody with any sense, even it's not like you have to think about this. You know it instinctively. If you see lawlessness and chaos around you, you know you're in danger. You know, whether it's shoplifting or being smashed on the head or having a junkie camp move in next door and threaten your kids or God help you stab somebody, this happens uh, too frequently. It's all part of the same thing. And if you really, really want to get into the navel-gazing, stoned, philosophical conversation mud, (sighs) is this only about progressive policies? Or is it fed by, and I think it is, less and less unity, less and less feeling that we're in this together, that we uh, Americans, it's a hell of a big country, but we are a community. Maybe you think of yourself more as a Californian or Illinoisan or Iowan or whatever, a Floridian, um, or, or your town or your county or the people you know, but... There was a notion that we're in a community, we owe it to ourselves to behave civilly, and we owe it to each other to behave civilly. And part of that is you don't steal stuff. And I think that's breaking down. And part of it is the diversity cult for the millionth time. Diversity's great, super. I like all sorts of different foods that I never would have tasted in 1950s America. But... People who say diversity is our greatest strength are lying to you, or they're delusional. Unity is our greatest strength. Without unity, we're doomed. If we can have diversity with unity, ding, 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 that's that's, that's the, the Valhalla. That's the utopia. That'd be wonderful. But it's become so unfashionable. Fascist, white supremacist. To even ask for unity. Hey, you coming to this country? We got this set of principles we govern ourselves by. Uh, are you down with them? Because if you're not, you got to go. We're going to ask you to take an oath to pass a test to say, we believe in this stuff. We want to be part of this community where the United States of America, it's not a geographical thing. It's a we believe these things thing. It's a set of shared beliefs. Are you down with that or are you not? It used to be not only acceptable to ask those questions, it was required. And if you even brought up the idea of let's not ask those questions, it's mean. Let's go ahead and permit 
avowed communists and terrorists and jihadis and people who don't give an S either way into our country by the millions. People would think you're mentally ill. They'd put you in a, a, a loony bin. So we've gone from it's assumed and it's so obvious that that's right to you're not allowed to ask it at all. Do you think maybe that's a factor in... Nobody seems to give a crap about doing the right thing for their community anymore because they don't feel like they've got a community. Well, I don't know if it's a losing battle, but we, and I'm sure you, will continue to fight for uh, continuing to have a community. Oh, speaking of lawlessness, I find this so interesting. It's getting a little bit of attention, probably not enough. Uh, One of our neighbors in this hemisphere, Ecuador, is going through a hell of a crisis. Um, The president of Ecuador has, has, in effect, declared war within its own borders. So we've got that story coming up in a couple of minutes. More information on how that plane—I'm uh, sorry—that uh, that uh, that panel fell off the plane, uh, the the door plug on the Alaska flight, and that and whatever else we can squeeze in coming up. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the chilling moment armed men storm the set of a public TV channel in Ecuador, firing off guns and waving apparent explosives during a live broadcast. The studio crew taken hostage for at least 15 minutes on air as the country watched. Police later surrounding the station, arresting several suspects. It's at least mildly interesting that a great deal of attention was paid to the TV station being taken over by TV reports and less attention paid uh, to the execution of cops in prisons and elsewhere by uh, folks in Ecuador. Uh, So you understand what's happening a little more thoroughly. Go ahead with that next clip, Michael. Across Ecuador, fiery blasts rocking multiple cities. The wave of violence beginning just hours after Ecuador's president declared a state of emergency, following a prison escape by notorious Los Choneros gang leader Adolfo Macias. 
the government battling with what they say are at least 22 different criminal groups angered by that state of emergency. But authorities say at least seven police officers have been kidnapped. Ecuador, once known as one of South America's most peaceful countries, seeing an explosion in recent years of organized crime-related violence linked to Mexican drug cartels. The uh, very sort of people who can walk across our border uh, at will, anytime they like. Uh, please welcome back to the show the co-host, Jack, from his home studio. Jack? Yes, Joe. Ecuador has an average altitude of 1,850 feet. Wow. Realizing I know nothing about Ecuador, so Wikipedia'd it. Um uh, that is interesting, though, what you just said about the execute and the cop stuff. I didn't hear that. So why did I hear ten times about the taking over the TV station, but not their executing cops in the street? You know, it could be a fog of war thing. I absolutely admit that. That was breaking news yesterday, late-ish in the day. Um, but at any rate, explosion, explosions, looting, gunfire, burning vehicles reported, uprisings in several prisons. That's where, allegedly, the cops were killed. Um, and the, the president of Ecuador has essentially declared an internal war. In a presidential decree, the president, uh, whose name is Noboa, declared that an internal armed conflict was underway and ordered the military to neutralize two dozen gangs, which he called terrorist organizations. So it's a democratic presidential republic is their governing system. How long have they been doing that? I don't know, but it uh, looks like it's uh, on the verge of falling apart. It's almost an entirely Christian country. It's about 18 million people. 18 million. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, what I think is the, the most interesting aspect of this, and you'd think the news would do a better job of pointing it out, but it's a little uncomfortable, is that you have yet another nation that is teetering on the brink of the government being overthrown by drug gangs. Well, these cartels are into a lot more than drugs these days. Kidnapping, human trafficking, perhaps you've seen the video. Uh, so you have an armed force that is akin to an army, which has already taken over huge swaths of Mexico, now fighting for control of Ecuador. How many countries do you suppose they'd have to take over before people would realize, um... This is like a political force. This is an army. This is a movement as opposed to a criminal law problem. Right. Right. Uh, that's scary. The, um, you know, as we, as we watch our democracy go through a, a pretty tough time and we lose respect for all our institutions and we're more polarized and everything uh, than ever and all and everything, looking at other countries fall apart. It, it's just, it should be a reminder to everybody. It's certainly a reminder to me of how fragile the whole thing is. I mean, the whole world could look like Ecuador very easily. Yeah. Yeah. True. And, and I don't know it. part of it is just comfort. Um, we've been so successful so long, uh, putting aside the Civil War. Um, part of it, I think, might be, I don't think it's a racist exactly, but it's the fact that a lot of these people look different than you do. And so you see, like, I've been reading about the Sri Lankan Civil War, which was bloody and horrific. Um, and people think, well, they're different. Look at that. They got palm trees. That's not like me. That, that sort of chaos couldn't happen here. It could. And it could be imported. That's the scary part. Well, you know how we're going to avoid that sort of chaos? A two-hour debate tonight between DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Two, only two hours. 
So don't blink or you'll miss it on CNN. I want to talk a little bit about the state of the race coming up. And, uh, boy, good for you if you watch that debate. <laughs> wow, what did I do to deserve that punishment? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I no saw kidding. Nikki Haley's town hall with Brett Baer the other day. She's impressive. She is. Ron DeSantis is, too. He's a little awkward and loyally. He's a super smart guy. He'd make a fine president, but it ain't going to happen. Well, there's a couple interesting questions about this particular debate, and Trump's got a town hall going on at the same time on Fox, so we can talk about all that coming up. All right, stay with us. Good stuff. Don't go away. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... There's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday... You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Pay it forward for the car behind me. It's $50. I'm sorry? It's $50. It's $50. <laughs> Oh my goodness. $50? Yeah. You're doing it? Well, I guess we gotta do it. Gotta do it now. Who, what the hell do they order? Everything? <laughs> do you do this all the time? Well, no, it's normally like $10, $15 the at order? the most. <laughs> he said $50. It's $50 even? I don't he said know. $50. He said $50. I don't know if that's even or not. Looks like it was $50. Well, maybe so. Oh my God. I'm never It was that close again, to $50. Yeah, I gave her $60. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I wonder whether maybe well, I want to stop and watch this girl's reaction. If she doesn't, maybe cry, they. Like, well, you made someone stay. I made their week. Brady Badger, fifty bucks. I don't know where that is. So it's so they're doing the whole pay it pay it forward somewhere, and the uh, bill came out to fifty bucks. What kind of a place was it there, uh, Katie? It was a it was a fast food restaurant. Uh, I don't know where they live, but I mean, it ain't hard at all to spend 50 bucks at the fast food restaurants where I am in California. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? You get you and a bride and a kid or two? Please, 50 bucks is gone. Me and the two kids spend 50 bucks regularly if we go into McDonald's or something like that. That's not a like, oh my God, what do they order? I got a hamburger and fries for three people, and it was $50. (laughs) I just like the idea that some woman has convinced him, Dad, this is great. You got to do this. And he does it thinking, all right, I'll buy somebody a burger, whatever the hell. It's 50 bones, and he freaks out. (laughs) Again, you you must have different uh, prices 
where you are. You didn't make their week by buying their uh, fast food meal for 50 bucks because that's just what it costs now. It sucks. And as we've discussed, the whole thing is silly. It's it just is. silly. I'll buy the one for the person in front of me, then the person behind me buys for me, then the person in back of them buys. What have you done? <laughs> It's like some sort of randomized, you might get screwed, you might benefit, but uh, the point is, everybody pays for everybody else's bill. What have you done? Stop it. You can eat your bad food you shouldn't eat anyway. You pay for it. Simple. So, do we have some excitement going on in the Republican nomination situation? Because there hasn't been any for quite a while with Trump having the biggest lead anybody has ever had in the history of running for president outside of being an incumbent president. And that is statistically true by a mile. Nobody's ever had a lead this big before. Yes, but, but come on. Come on, those new poll numbers in New Hampshire. Woo! Well, it's an outlier by definition because there hasn't been another poll to show that it's not so it doesn't fit in with any of the other polling that has occurred so far in new hampshire has there been some movement from nikki haley to where she's only what seven points behind possibly you know uh, that, nothing about clickbait sir that sununu character up there who endorsed her seems to be a very powerful man in a tiny state with a tiny population so maybe he actually does matter to those six voters and uh and and can drag his preferred candidate up to that so what you would have here is trump wins iowa I'm trying to lay out a scenario where this could get exciting. Trump wins Iowa. He's definitely going to win Iowa. But so Haley finishes second. Then she wins New Hampshire because, as mm -hmm. she said the other day, New Hampshire corrects Iowa, which nobody can figure out why she said that before Iowa. <laughs> it's and Iowa's like, saying, whoa, 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 what do you mean corrects us? <laughs> it's a weird thing to say before they caucus. Saying it on, it's a gaffe, a gaffe. Well, saying it on Monday night or Tuesday morning might have been fine if she finished, you know, second <laughs> and she's headed to New Hampshire. But anyway, like basically saying the Iowa result is stupid. And New Hampshire's the ones that get it right before Finally, Iowa's we get and say goodbye to those corn pones and talk to some sensible people, like in New Hampshire. But anyway, you lay it out this way. She finishes second in Iowa, she wins New Hampshire, and then you go to her home state of South Carolina, where she's behind by like 40 points. But you No, know, maybe, technicality. Maybe they, maybe they, they come home to their uh, you know favorite daughter. And you got a race. I doubt it. I think that's a hell of a long shot and everything like that. But regardless, the only two people with even a snowball and hell's chance of catching Trump, DeSantis, and Haley are debating each other on CNN tonight for two flipping hours. Uh, Trump, meanwhile, is over on Fox, where Mark Halperin thinks he'll face some really tough questioning from the moderators. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, uh, DeSantis, it's worth mentioning, is uh, he's like dead dog last in New Hampshire. He's well behind Chris Christie, for instance. No, he's he's put all his eggs in the basket of Iowa. Absolutely. He moved his entire campaign thing there. He has spent literally his last dollars there. Um, he's out of money. Um, so he's uh, he's doing a Hail Mary, you know, what if I get lucky and win Iowa and then get some momentum and money and stuff like that. So the debate tonight, first of all, whereas Nikki Haley, I'm just trying this out, has put all the syrup in the bucket of New Hampshire. Eggs, Iowa, chickens, agriculture. How'd you like that? She put all of her syrup in one bucket. No? Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, so here's the question. If, if, if this is worth even discussing, and it's probably not, what should the strategy be for Haley or DeSantis? What a lot of pundits don't understand is, why is nobody going after really, other than Chris Christie, the guy you're chasing? <laughs> it just seems so weird. The whole, well, we're waiting for something to happen, so Trump gets out of the race. Please, stop it. Uh, I, I, You know, either, either they're making a mistake and you will see that rectified to some extent tonight and they will hammer Donald J. For various sins, including being a profligate spender, driving the, the U.S. into terrible levels of debt, which Biden has said, hold my beer. Um, but uh, either they will correct course and do that tonight, or they're clearly running for the cabinet or 2028, where they're going to need the Trump voters, or or that's the only explanation I can Boy, come up with. Ron DeSantis gave the most unequivocal, I don't want any other job answer the other day i've ever seen of any candidate usually they give kind of a wishy-washy well i'm i can tell you i i am not thinking about the future i'm just thinking about today i have no interest in being vice president and then they end up you know trying to climb over somebody to be vice president he said i have absolutely no interest i want to run florida i either want to be president or run florida that's the job i was elected for i'll go back to florida and i'll finish it i mean he seemed to I be serious him. i believe it yeah. too why would he want to uproot his family and go to washington dc and be the Secretary of the Interior or whatever. No, he's gonna he's gonna be the governor of Florida as a young man who could run for president again someday. By the way, uh, especially given our current system. But so the question is: Do Nikki Haley and DeSantis go after each other tonight? Which they have been on a mm-hmm. minuscule level. I mean, on a on a on a, uh, a granular level about minor gaffes. They just tear each other apart. Uh, or do they go after the guy that they're chasing? I don't get the strategy of the gaff picking. Uh, who does that appeal to at this date in our country's uh, history? Who who says, you know, she really did fumble that question about the Civil War. I think I'll go with DeSantis. Does anybody think like that, really? I suppose no, but around was, the edges, maybe? But. That was the first time I thought, I'm not sure if she is ready for the big stage. She handled that so poorly. Yeah, I think that's unique to being a South Carolina politician, the secession state. She's used to tap dancing around that stuff. Uh, but come on, uh, sweetheart, <laughs> you gotta you gotta be ready to go on that uh, outside of South Carolina. That was embarrassing. It was terrible. Well, and not just to, and if you're not familiar with this, you don't need to be. But she 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 didn't say slavery when somebody asked her what was the cause of the Civil War. She got around to a lot of words, but not slavery. Um, uh, the part that bothered me the most that made me think she wasn't ready for prime time is that she got like angry at the guy and said, "What do you want me to say?" Which you're y- not going to be able. To, and and then afterwards blaming that was a plant with a gotcha question. Well, you're going to be facing that all day, every day for the next year if you end up the nominee. So you better be able to, better be able to handle it because that's what they're going to do. Well, that's like there was a plant and he asked me, who did we fight in the War of 1812 or something like that? Or, or even worse than that, uh, why do we have a Bill of Rights? You're just a plant. You're a plant. You were sent here. Just answer the damn question. Well, that, to protect that's, our God-given liberties is why. <laughs> that sort of argument never flies. That's what uh, uh, Professor Gay of Harvard did in the New York Times, saying it was Republicans out to get me. Okay, they were Republicans out to get you, and you plagiarized. I mean, so that that just that 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 tactic never works. 
Yes, if you're a, a trout and you're on the, the bottom of a boat, you say, well, that was a hook. That was a hook. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. And you bit at it. Um, I feel like I had one more thing I wanted to say about this before we move on. For two hours. I, I, I mean, I know I say oh. this about every debate, and then I've ended up watching some of them. I really don't think I'm going to take in any of this one. I'll just catch the highlights somewhere. Seriously. <sighs> I'll give it a half hour. I mean, the fact that I'm not drinking right now is not a factor in their favor. Me watching more of it. I don't think. Uh, and one, one more thing on this. There is some belief that if Nikki won New Hampshire, it would sort of maybe force Trump into a debate with her before South Carolina. So you'd have a one-on-one Haley-Trump debate. Mm, depends what the polls look like in South Carolina. Um, I, I can't believe Chris Christie is hanging in there. What is his deal? Is he look? You got your cable news show. Just just send out your resumes to all the channels and see who gives you the best offer. He can't possibly think he's going to be president. It would. Uh, is, he can't be running for Trump's cabinet either. That ain't going to happen. So what's he doing? That's a good question. Are all these events catered? <laughs> Wow, Michael, subtle yet still utterly unacceptable. Yeah, regardless of its subtlety and its craftsmanship, it still still falls under the category of a fat joke. Yeah, Michael, be better. You are better than that. Be better. Are these events catered? Jeez Louise, that was just out of bounds. Oh, my God. What do you think of Trump's nickname for uh, uh, Haley Birdbrain? I think it's idiotic. She's really smart. Where did he come up with that? Because she's very thin and bird-like. I guess. I think it's a. I think it's an attempt to attack her intelligence and her looks at the same time. Yeah, that she's got a yeah. bony bird-like physique. Well, it's childish and idiotic, but that doesn't seem to affect anybody's opinion of him. So, meh. No, no, absolutely not. And uh, then he's on Fox answering questions from uh, Fox mediators who, uh, I don't know, they either will or ask hard questions. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the town hall with Brett Baer and Martha McCallum, who seems like a lovely gal, but I don't get why she's such a big deal. Um, uh, And then the the debate is what, CNN? Yeah, yeah, at the same time. Wow. You got to watch Trump, don't you? I think so, yeah. He's going to be the nominee. I'll tape them both. All right. We'll have, you know, you don't need to watch any of them. You can, we'll have any highlights that exist. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm just thinking uh, dry January might end tonight. I don't know know if I can take that in and just. Oh, I just came across this. um, I was going to bring it up because I just, it just came across on the New York Times. Um, You can speak to this maybe. Uh, Puberty being earlier. We've talked about this over the years. Some girls are beginning yeah. puberty as early as six or seven years old. Yeah, the that's age crazy. of puberty has dropped by about three months per decade since the seventies, and no one knows why. Well, and this is absolutely fundamentally involved in the explosion in so-called transgender uh, cases. You got a fourteen-year-old girl going through puberty. That is an entirely different matter than a 10-year-old who is utterly terrified and appropriately of womanhood. She's got a 10-year-old's mind and soul and experience. And all of a sudden, she's going to be confronting the complexity of of being a, a grown woman? 
Well, we talk more about girls and boys, I guess, because of the fact that if you go through puberty as a girl, you can get pregnant, which is a big deal. Um, But both my boys are way earlier than I was, way earlier, like by many years. Mm. Uh, And I don't know if that's been dropping uh, every year since the 70s also. Let's go ahead and defund a couple of stupid, wasteful uh, government programs and take a look at this one. God dang it. I'd say so. The Hello, God, It's Me, Margaret. I think that was aimed at like 14-year-olds when that book came out. Now you need to aim it at 7-year-olds? Holy crap. We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The blowout on the Alaska Airlines flight Friday, putting a new focus on Spirit Aerosystems. That's the company who manufactures Boeing's MAX 9 fuselage. Issues with production led to delays of Boeing MAX planes last year. The NTSB also focusing on communication inside the plane. The first officer's headset sucked out of the aircraft. The crew struggling to relay critical information to each other. I've heard that fact that the first officer's headset was sucked off and out the plane multiple times. And I've never heard anybody answer the first question that pops into my mind. And I'm just curious if the same question has popped into your mind. Isn't he way up in the cockpit away from the door? Ding! How the hell did his headset get sucked off if he's in the cockpit? If he was in the plane, in the the passenger compartment, inspecting it, taking control, trying to figure out what's going on, he walked out there with his headset on, which is predictable, and then it got sucked off his head. I want to know that. It's just funny how many times I've heard that story and not heard that question answered. Nice job, door plug. As it turns out, the uh, the thing was never installed properly. They didn't uh, tighten the, the bolts properly in the right way, I guess. Probably got a text while he's in the middle of it. Yeah, that happens. Final thoughts with A-N-G. 
That's a little tribute to David Soul right there. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There is our technical director pressing the buttons. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Well, it's going to be my second night in a row of cooking for my wife. So last night it was Hot Pockets, and tonight it'll be macaroni and cheese. So There you go. Just mac and cheese. This was your idea, woman. (laughs) You sound like me, Michael, with your meal plans. (laughs) Can't work in a little smoky or two or anything? All right, Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? I am making it my goal to make door plug catch on as an insult. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. It sounds nasty. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? You wouldn't think this would be possible, but Dr. Fauci actually said the most angering thing he said yet yesterday. No. Testifying somewhere where he said he's not convinced kids suffered learning loss due to pandemic school closures. Oh, my Lord. Can you believe he had the testicles to say that? I called for him to be hanged earlier in the show today. Of course, after a trial and whatever appeals process is appropriate, uh, I stand by those words. My final thought didn't get to the story. We'll get to it uh, tomorrow. Why do people have sex? Researchers explore 237 different reasons. Why you have sex, including the spiritual. I wanted to feel closer to God. Maybe I'm just, I don't know, shallow or a beast or horny or something. I've I've never had sex because I wanted to feel closer to God. It feels pretty fantastic. (laughs) Um, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got hot links for you. If we refer to an article, a book, a website, the the link is almost certainly there. You can pick up some A&G swag. Drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com if there's something we ought to be talking about. For the exercise, that's the main reason I do it. Sure. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. How how many more hours am I doing this? We're just going to keep playing. Are you sure of that, dude? To me, that would be the reasonable, rational thing to do. Uh, Well, don't smoke crack. That's ludicrous. Right. And so grotesque. You cannot talk to me that way. Full stop. So let's go out with a bang. Tell you what, you got the old uh, whistling scrotum. You're going to win some bar bets. Huh? I'll take that bet. $10 says you can't. (laughs) On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.